Hey, it's Jess Massa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Utopia, 120 over 80 marketing, and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTF Health. Hey, it's Jessica DeMassa with WTF Health. What's the future of health? I am talking to the who's who of health tech and healthcare innovation. And today we are checking in with Precision Health Company, OneDrop. They've got a lot of exciting news around that sensor that they've been teasing us about for a while now. And also some exciting information about some of their predictive capabilities, specifically around their blood glucose forecasting. So here to tell us all about this and unpack all of this news is their executive vice president of advanced technologies, research, and discovery, Dan Goldner. Dan, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Jess. It's really good to be here. I'm excited. Okay, I am, I'm excited to get to this sensor update because I'm like a junkie <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. And I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about it because you're the guy responsible for a lot of the AI, machine learning, and the tech around these predictive capabilities. But before we get to that, why don't you tell me a little bit about this study that was published? Because this is actually a really cool place to start. It's like, I keep asking people, is this digital health stuff working? Wow, it sounds like it is. So tell me about this JMIR study, what it was about, and, and what you guys learned from it. Cool. So, so let me back up a little bit. In 2018, we launched our blood glucose forecast feature where, uh, you know, people can get a, a forecast of up, up to eight hours of which way their blood uh, glucose is trending. And, um, and we knew from the beginning that it was accurate. We published studies showing it was accurate. And then uh, about after about a year of use, we published studies saying, hey, people really like this. They find it helpful and, and they respond very warmly to this feature. Um, but, you know, the reason we launched it was actually to help people get healthier. Um, and so the thing that is so exciting about this study is that it proves that it, it actually works. And what I mean by that is um, we were able to look back over our, over our history of using this feature and find uh, a group of people that used it um, and then uh, a, a group of people who were very much like those people, but for a bunch of different reasons, were, did not have access to the future. And so now we have this, this sort of retrospective control that we could do to see what happened. And what we found was two things that are really exciting. The first is um, that people who have the forecasts log more, right? Okay. They, check their blood, they check their blood glucose more often. And so in the digital health world, that's you know, not just logging, that's engagement, right? That's, um, and then in the behavioral science world, that's self-monitoring. Right. That's just all the things that get people engaged with learning how their body works. Right. And so um, so all the study says is they log more. Um, they check their blood glucose more often. My hypothesis about that is that, you know, doing a finger prick and getting a number is way less interesting than doing a finger prick, getting a number and then getting something that says and your blood glucose is forecast to trend down over the next two hours. And here's some interesting information about that that might relate to your situation right now. Right. It's just a much more salient, engaging, interesting process. Um, so it helps add it. So, 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 so what we know from the study is that they log more, uh, people who get the forecast log more. This, go ahead. Do you, do you have a question? About the that? Second part of second it. <laughs> yeah. Second part of it. Second part of it is, um, that, uh, their blood glucose on average is, is statistically significantly average blood glucose is lower for the group that gets the forecasts. Right. Which is, yes, that was the point. That's, that was what, the point. that's what we wanted. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we were able to prove that now couple things about that. One is um, 
you know, your, your, your astute listeners and, and, and viewers might say, well, of course, they're logging more. Doesn't that produce its own effect? And the answer is yes. Um, and so we were able to statistically uh, mediate that, that result. So what we found is that some of the reduced blood glucose is because people are logging more and that tends to help people manage their glucose better, right? But not all of it. And so there's an additional, there's an additional effect beyond what's explainable by the additional logging um, that, 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 that further reduces glucose, right? So again, that's all the study says is it worked. And again, I have a hypothesis about why, but I haven't proven the hypothesis, right? So um, I think that if you are, you know, there are a lot of different ways and efforts for people to, for, for, for people to get educated about diabetes and about their bodies, right? But if I uh, just had lunch and log it, and then I get a forecast saying, hey, your, your glucose is forecast to rise. And uh, did you know that hydration is important to, to, uh, to manage glucose or taking a walk after meals can help rate this kind of thing. I may have heard that advice a million times, but if I get that advice right when I'm seeing a forecast that says my body is about to have a higher glucose value, that is a much more salient teachable moment, right? That information is coming at a much better time. And so, so my, my theory, I don't know if it's true, is that, um, is that, that, is that the forecasts create a way to engage with and get interested in and curious about how your body works. That makes you more open to learning how your body works. And so that helps to, to promote the habits and get the education in and, and, and get the effects that we're, that we're all trying to get, um, which is why we got the, the glucose. I love that. I mean, and I love the, the, because I, I found that along since you guys launched these, the, the blood glucose forecast. And I think it's been really interesting to see how this developed. And I mean, even when it started, it was like, we're not sure if people are going to use this, but it's like to, to get that validation that not only are people using it, but they're actually using the other types of tools that they have to manage their diabetes better because of it. That's really exciting. And the fact that it's actually helping reduce their, 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 their glucose level over time is, is really like, I mean, that's proven that it works. So talk to me a little bit about the way these predictive capabilities were developed, because I mean, I've had this conversation with CEO Jeff Datches. I've, I've, I've talked to a number of people on your team about this, but I never got the tech guy. So you're the guy who's in charge of like the 39 billion health data points from 1.5 million members around the world. So talk to me about how these were developed. And it's not just the glucose forecast. I mean, you guys also have these blood pressure insights and a number of other things that are just like, they're starting to use like all that data and AI and and, and really put it together in a way where it's like, okay, there's a, there's a prediction. It makes that information useful and mass to your members. So talk to me a little bit about the tech side of this and how these were developed. Great. So, so we have, I like to think of it as kind of two kinds of predictions that we develop with all these data, right? And so the, um, one of them is what I call biometric prediction. And so that is the blood glucose or the, your blood pressure is doing this in this trend or you know, that sort of thing, right? Where you, you're forecasting a number, something having to do with your body. All right. The other kind is more behavioral. And an example of that would be, um, you know, in our, in our app right now, uh, premium members have a, um, have a, you know, have, have a prompt like many digital health solutions have that says, hey, remember to check your blood pressure, right? Or um, if you do check your blood pressure, they might get a reinforcement that says, hey, nice job checking your blood pressure, right? But what we have is an algorithm now that is learning from the experience of all of our other members to actually figure out for you, Jess, is that prompt going to be useful for you right now? Will that actually help you check your blood pressure more reliably? Or will that actually just be annoying and not help you check your blood, you know, have the opposite effect? Right, and so what we do is we use the AI in our behavioral predictions to to figure out 
not just do these things work on a population level, but does it work for this individual right now? And if so, we're gonna do it. And if it's not gonna work, we're not gonna do it. And then for that individual right now, and for that other individual right now, and for this individual next week, it'll be different. And so we're gonna recompute, right? And so, so between the biometric predictions and the behavioral predictions, uh, we're using all of this, all of these 39 billion data points to really make the app as effective as it can possibly be at supporting healthy habits change, at supporting um, uh, an empowered lifestyle, and at supporting healthier, you know, healthier outcomes. And and I think that the both of those, the development of each of them really is the same, right? The idea behind both of them is, yeah, we've got 39 billion data points, 1.5 million people. The game in every case is when I look at what's going on right now with Jess, right now today. And I've got the numbers I've got about where she's at and what she had for lunch and uh, how can I take that information and connect it up with the right relevant experience from those 1.5 million people? Because it's not going to be all of them, right? right? It's going to be it's going to be 50 in one case, or it might be 150 in another case, or it might be 15,000 in another case, right? But like, which of those 39 billion data points have to do with the the situation that you're in right now? And what happened in those cases, and how can we use that to predict your case? And is that's that really the trickiest what the, part of this? Is that the yeah, trickiest that's, that's part the of it? Because I that mean, is like, this is game. the thing. So it's like for those like amateur health technologists like myself, where it's like we understand conceptually what's going on. We understand, you know, how, how AI and machine learning can be used and, and the power of these algorithms to help and then, you know, identify trends. I mean, even at a very like micro niche end of one level. But it's like, is that that's the tr- is that the tricky part of this, Dan? Like, I mean, from the technologist standpoint, I mean, like, how hard is this to do with health data and how hard is it to connect it to behavior change? Like, yeah. t- tell me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. So so I'd say, you know, it's like, is this, it, it, what's the hard part of this? I'd say there's there's two and it's kind of depending on which, you know, which role you're asking. If you ask the data scientists what the hard part is, they're going to say, yes, it's exactly. It's not matching up. Right. OK, so I have, you know, I have 400 numbers from Jess from the past week, and I've got 39 billion numbers from everybody. How do I use, how, how do I get the right match of those 400, how, how do I use those 400 numbers to tell me which of my, which of which experience do I need, right? And so the, the data science problem is, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, millions of years of experience of people living with diabetes in our database, right? And, you know, we think we call them health data and data points, but it's really, it's, it's collected experience. It's what people have gone through, right? Yep. How do we find out the right stories to refer to, to relate to you? So that's the data science problem, right? And then the broader problem on the app design is the data science, behavioral science and health science mix, right? Okay, great. Now we've done it. We found, we've picked out the right data points and now we kind of think we know what's going to happen with Jess right now. What, how, do we, how do we make that useful? Right? How do we help? How do we help you develop better habits? Develop the habits you want to develop, right? To get better outcomes, and that is um, that is a much broader conversation uh, that the data scientists are part of. But so are the behavior scientists, and so are the health scientists, and clinicians, and the app designers, and the UX specialists, and you know everybody gets to play in that one. Um, and and that, so that, that, that makes that JMIR study, like that puts that in context, right? Yeah, that's like, the, right. like, it's like, uh, and this one thing we know, yeah, like good green, this works, this works. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit about the sensor. I'm dying for this thing to be launched. You guys have been super secretive about it. Oh my God. I noticed something in the press release about this that, you know, we're starting to hear more about it. And so you can kind of hear, see how this stuff is starting to unfold. These predictive capabilities are starting to turn into how do we 
would get more information to help inform that. But the sensor, now I'm reading daily disposable, minimally invasive health sensor. So I mean, what's daily disposable? What can you tell us? What can you tell us about this sensor, Dan? <laughs> right. So so our, our, our hope and intention is to is to launch a sensor that is um, that is uh, that is wearable in a in a periodic way. Okay. Right? Where you can put it on for a while and then take it off for a while, right? And then put it on another one, right? As a, so that and because what that does is it allows um, it allows different models with with greater access, right? Because you you don't you don't have to buy fourteen days at a time, right? And so so then if you and you know and and you know both both the daily disposable and the minimally, minimally invasive, what we're aiming for in trying to uh, trying to achieve those is to make a CGM that is accessible to people who, for whatever reason, CGM is not accessible now, mm. right? Um, because there are a lot of people living with diabetes who uh, don't have easy access to a CGM right now. And we're, 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 we're aiming to change that as best we can. Um, so that's our hope. And you know, when, you, when you connect it back to the, everything back to the JMIR article, what's exciting about it is, look, if I, let's go back to this case where, okay, I'm, I'm trying to help Jess connect to our 39 billion data points, right? And what I've got from her is one or maybe four or maybe even eight finger stick measurements through the course of the day, right? Well, what can you just learn? You know, what, what, can the, what can we learn from the data from that? What can you just learn about your body from that? You know, you can learn something. It's, it's worth yeah. doing. It's a, good, it's a good experiment. But compare that to my having, um, you know, measurements throughout the day for 24 hours, even just for 24 hours from you, right? Now, I can really see what your, what your daily experience is, what diabetes is like for you. And now imagine how rich it will be for me able to connect that to 39 billion data points. Um, and by the way, once we have a sensor, 39 billion is going to grow really fast, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so trying to produce a biosensor that is accessible to as many people as we can um, and get that to get a holistic picture of what somebody's day is like, you know, for, for one day, for three days, for seven days, for 14 days for every day, whatever, um, whatever suits each person, right? We're gonna be able to use that experience to, I think, blow open what we're able to do with predictions and with the um, behavioral support AI. I think it's really exciting. I mean, you can kind of like, it's it's interesting to talk to you at this point right now, because you can see where where this is going. I mean, I've been along for the ride, the launch of the glucose forecast, the blood pressure insights, the other different little predictive capabilities you guys have developed. Now you've got validation you know, for the fact that it's, it's useful yes, in, in it's a health outcome works. standpoint, and it's helping members engage more. And it's like, here we are now at minimally invasive, you know, daily disposable, wear it continuously, sensor. I mean, it's like the path is being set. Can you give us any type of clue on when we can expect big news? I want to see Jeff walking around launching this thing. Any idea? Any idea at all? <laughs> um, I do have an idea, and I'm not going to show it. We're, uh, <laughs> I, I, we are we are hitting our milestones, and things are going very well. Um, but we're you know we're still early enough stage that we're not announcing dates or anything. All right, no, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, you can't blame me for asking. I'm excited. <laughs> no, keep asking. I'm very eager for the day to come when I can give you that date. 
All right, wrap this up for me then, Dan. Last thing for you here. I mean, like, let's connect the dots all the way through. I mean, and, and in your role here, I mean, what you're responsible for is is the creation of this technology that is helping with those predictive insights and then whatever other cool things it's going to be able to do when you have more information coming in, you know, from a continuous health sensor. You know, what are you? What has you most, I guess, excited or like what has you feeling most, cha- like most in an excited way challenged about the future as you guys continue to progress along this? You're hitting your milestones and what is like the thing that has you just jazzed right now as far as like yeah. developing this tech and moving this forward you know it's really cool because like what you know we've had for a little while now you know a, 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 an intense development effort effort to get the sensor up and running just myself right and then we've got this history that you've that you've been part of with us of, of the ai and the um and the, and the predictive insights and so as we What's exciting to me now is that we're at the point where, you know, back in the lab, back behind the scenes, we're really starting to put those together um, and really starting to see like, wow, well, we've got this. Well, that means we can do this. And if we can do this, that means over here we can do this, right? And so seeing that start to um, start to emerge uh, is, is, is really compelling. It makes it, um, I, I don't know, there's nowhere I'd rather be right now than, than right at this intersection of these two <laughs> development efforts um, as they, as they come together and, and start to braid. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Cool. Doing it. Yeah. That's super exciting. I think it's exciting to watch too, because I mean, I've covered digital health for a long time, and it's like at the at first it was like, what is this? Is it just an right. app? And it's like now we're at the point like, oh my god, we've got data scientists, behavioral scientists. Like, I mean, there is so much going on now, and so it's exciting to see like further development of this, really redefining the way that people. I mean, when this sensor comes out, I mean, this is one of those things that, that is going to be a seminal moment in terms of changing the way that people manage their diabetes. And I think everything up until then, even just today talking to you about that JMIR paper, like, it, you know, that's, that's news to me because it's proving that this stuff is working. And it's like, that's been the thing. Like, does any of this work? Well, yeah, yep. yeah, it works. Yeah, exciting. It's been, <laughs> that, that study was super validating because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's felt exciting. It seems like, oh, of course it's going to work, right? But it's, it's nice to get the proof. Um, well, thank sure. you for thank you so much for dropping by, for talking to us, for teasing us with even more like little bite-sized bits of news about the center. We are so excited to see your work when it comes to fruition and it's announced. And until then, congratulations on, you know, getting this type of validation. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you. A pleasure to be here and thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Dan Goldner, the Executive Vice President of Advanced Technologies Research and Discovery over there at OneDrop, checking in with him on that sensor and all the great data that is being validated now about the way that they are helping to, you know, bring precision health to the masses and improve the way that people take care of themselves. So thank you again. I'm Jessica DeMassa, and for more interviews with the who's who of health tech as they are changing the way that we do healthcare, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash WTF health. And hey, Dan, one more thing we cannot forget. Mm. There is a webpage for those who are oh, interested yes. in learning about the sensor. And so head on over to joinonedroptoday.com slash sensor. Is that right? It's actually it's right. join it's joinonedrop.com slash sensor. sensor. There you go. I am on that email list <laughs> and you should be too. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Hey, it's Jess. If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.